You are now tuned into The Point, the radio show that explores the Bible, studies its meaning, and affirms your faith with solid Bible teaching. The Point is sponsored by Grace Point Missionary Baptist Church of Early Texas. Grace Point meets for Sunday school at 10 a.m., morning worship at 11 a.m. Grace Point meets at the Early Chamber of Commerce while their new worship facility is under construction. More information can be found online at pointtolife.wordpress.com or by mailing Grace Point Missionary Baptist Church at P.O. Box 3134, Early Texas, 76803. That's Grace Point Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 3134, Early Texas, 76803. And now, with this week's study of the scriptures, here's Pastor Leland Acker. Glad to have you along today as we continue our study through the Bible. Today we are looking in Genesis chapters 5 through 9. Genesis chapters 5 through 9. This is the scriptural account of Noah. We're going to focus a lot of our study in chapter 6, so I'd like to read that to you right now. Genesis chapter 6, going to be looking in verses 1 through 22. Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 22. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence, and God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood, rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shall be set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories thou shalt make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven." And everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shall thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, and of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come unto thee, to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be food for thee and for them. 
Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. In Genesis chapter 6, the world was growing cold and evil. It was becoming violent. It was becoming sinful. And it was getting worse and worse as the days went on. The people of God were intermingling with the people of the world. Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 2 say, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. The sons of God, this is the godly lineage of Seth, the descendants of Seth, the lineage that followed after the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Those are the sons of God. They saw the daughters of men. These are the daughters of the descendants of Cain. Now, the Bible tells us that they were very fair, that they were very beautiful, and to a degree, they were very seductive. And so the sons of God, being seduced by the daughters of men, married the daughters of men, and as they began to marry the daughters of men, they began to blend in with the worldly society. And in doing so, they strayed from the Lord, and their descendants strayed from the Lord. And it got to the point where God's people no longer influenced society, no longer offset the evil in the world. In fact, you got to the point where you couldn't even tell God's people from the people of the world. And that created a problem. And it still creates a problem today when that happens, when God's people blend in with the world and don't offset the evil of the world, don't offer an alternative to the evil of the world, in fact, participate in the evil of the world, we wind up with a society that goes into a death spiral. And that's what was happening back in the days of Noah. And Jesus spoke into this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, when he said, ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of man. When God's people quieten down and blend in, society self-destructs. And this was exactly what was going on in the days of Noah. God's people had quieted down, had blended in, and were joining in with the people of the world. And as a result, wickedness grew within the world. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. With the abdication of the people of God, wickedness ruled the day. Man became more wicked, which man will do each and every time he is left to his own demise. And so man became more and more wicked. The violence got more and more violent, more and more graphic. The immorality became worse. And it got to the point that the Bible tells us that every imagination of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually, which means that every time that man had a thought, it was an evil thought. Every time that man had a fantasy, it was an evil fantasy. Every time that man even began to have a thought, it was coming from a heart of evil. And so you have a situation here where society at its very roots and its very core and mankind at his very roots and his very core was only evil, self-indulgent, self-centered, self-serving to the point of inflicting harm on others. It was a very evil, a very violent, a very immoral society. And the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, that the earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. The earth was corrupt. The earth was damaged. The earth was polluted. And 
the earth was filled with violence. That's a natural outgrowth of wickedness. Whenever wickedness rules today, whenever evil men do what evil men wish to do, violence always accompanies that. So you wound up with a very violent society, a very murderous society, a high murder rate, lots of wars in the world at that time, uh, lots of uh, conquering, lots of enslavement, lots of different horrible things that man dreamt dreamt up to do to other people. And so you have a very violent, evil, immoral, seductive, sexual society that had developed by Genesis chapter 6. And things had gotten so bad in the world, the, the world became so evil, society became so violent, so evil, so immoral, so ungodly, so rebellious against God that it actually turned God. In Genesis chapter 6, verses 6 through 7, the Bible says, And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Now, when God says that it repenteth me, when the Bible says it repented the Lord, that he had made man. That doesn't mean that God suddenly decided to have a change of heart or a change of mind about creating man. What happened was the wickedness of the world became so great, the violence of mankind became so great, wickedness and violence was so prevalent in the earth that it actually got God's attention. It actually turned him, it turned his head. It drew his outrage, it repented him. The repenting of God in this situation is an effect of the sin and the evil and the wickedness and the violence that was in the earth. Sin gets God's attention. Each and every time, sin gets God's attention. It provokes his reaction. And his reaction is wrath and judgment. And so God has made a decision here in Genesis chapter 6 after seeing the wickedness and the evil and the violence and the immorality and the rebellion against him that's going on in the earth. God sees all this and he decides that he's going to pour out his judgment and his wrath upon the earth and he's going to destroy everything. But in Genesis chapter 6 verse 8, the Bible says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Noah found favor. The rest of the world was evil and drew God's wrath. God saw the rest of the world as being evil, violent, immoral. The rest of the world was sitting to the point that God felt that he had no choice but to destroy it in a flood. But Noah found grace. Noah was different, and God saw that Noah was different, and so God saved him. And so what I'd like to talk to you today about is the fact that God saved Noah, but I want to talk to you about the characteristics that Noah had that drew God's grace and that drew God's salvation. And so I want to talk about Noah. I want to talk about his character. I want to talk about Noah's obedience, and I want to talk about how God saved him. So first, Let's talk about Noah's character. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, the Bible says, These are the generations of Noah. 
Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Right there you see the personality of Noah. The first thing the Bible tells us about Noah after telling us that he found grace in the eyes of God, the first thing that the Bible tells us about Noah is that he was a just man. Now that word just comes from a Hebrew word that means even, that means redeemed, and it means fair. It's used in all three tenses. And in the case of Noah, all three tenses applied at once. First of all, Noah was even. What does that mean? It means he was saved. It means that he did not owe God a debt for his sin. Why? Because his sin had been paid for. How? The same way our sin has been paid for, through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Jesus Christ died on the cross. In doing so, he gave his life for us. He endured God's wrath on our behalf. And that payment for our sin is applied to our account when we repent of our sin and we trust God for salvation. Noah trusted in God's plan of redemption that he told Adam and Eve back in the garden in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. Noah was a man of faith. And the Bible tells us the just shall live by faith. And so when the Bible describes Noah as a just man, he was a saved man. And he lived by faith. And he was saved by faith. And it was his faith that motivated him to do everything that we read about him doing here in the scriptures. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, by faith, Noah moved with fear and built the ark to the saving of his house. So that word just means that he's saved, but it also means that he's redeemed. And it also means that he is fair. The word just describes how a man treats others. And when a man treats others in a just manner, when a just man does business with others, he's fair. He's honest. He deals from the top of the deck. He is up front and forward. He is a man that you can trust, trustworthy, all right? But he's fair in all of his dealings. And so the Bible tells us that Noah was a just man. The Bible also tells us that Noah was perfect in his generation, now, you're going to say, well, I thought no man was perfect. Well, the, the biblical term perfect, and this comes out of the Hebrew word that's translated into the English perfect, and then when you go over to the New Testament, there's a Greek word that's translated perfect as well, but it all has the same meaning. The word perfect, when you're reading it in the Bible, when you read the Bible and the Bible tells you that a man is perfect, the Bible tells us that Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. The Bible tells us that Job was a just man who was perfect, all right? The Bible uses the word perfect to describe Job. What is it telling you when he says that, when the Bible says that a man was perfect, it means that he was complete, that he was the real deal, that he had integrity. And so the Bible tells us that Noah was perfect in his generation. He was complete. He had integrity. Noah was the real deal. He was a man of faith. He was a man of God. And he lived it out. Noah was not a poser. Noah was not a sinner who posed as a man of God. And Noah was not a man of God who posed as a sinner. Noah was who he was. He lived the lifestyle that he lived. And that was a man who was a child of God who lived like a child of God. He was perfect. He was complete. He was the real deal. He had integrity. Noah also walked with God. Tells us that in this verse as well. 
Noah walked with God. Now, you're wondering, how did that happen? <coughs> did God come down and walk with Noah? Did they take walks together over at Riverside Park? Um, how did Noah walk with God? The word, the, the phrase walk with God is a figure of speech. Essentially, it means to live in God's presence. When the Bible uses the figure of speech to walk, it means how you live, how you behave, how you conduct yourself and go about life. The Bible tells us that Noah walked with God. He lived in God's presence. He lived and worked and played as if God were, in the, were physically in the room with him. He sought guidance from God through prayer. And he learned from the Lord. These are characteristics of Noah. And this is what drew God's attention was the fact that Noah was a just man. He had repented and he believed in the Lord. That gets God's attention every time. He was perfect in his generation. He was the real deal. He was complete. And Noah lived in the Lord's presence. He walked with God. He prayed. He studied. He meditated on God's word. He meditated on the Lord. He spent time in the presence of the Lord. He worshiped. He learned from the Lord. And these are characteristics that we should have. I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. Many of you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you have never had that point where you turn from your sins and you trust in the Lord to save you, today needs to be the day of salvation. If you cannot remember the moment that you were converted, the moment that you turned from your sins and trusted Jesus to save you, if you cannot remember your salvation experience, then it may be time for you to seek the Lord and to seek his salvation. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and then trust, you, trust him for that forgiveness based on the fact that he died on the cross for your sins. Be saved today. Characteristics that Noah had that we should have. You should treat others fairly and be honest. And have integrity. Live out your faith and be the real deal. And live in God's presence. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in Bible study. Meditate upon the Lord. I used to walk with God, quote unquote, in the sense that on a daily basis, I would take a walk at Riverside Park. And I would, the, if you walk the concrete sidewalk around the park at Riverside, it's a, it's a complete mile. And so I would walk around one time and that entire time that I was walking around, I would pray. And so I, I called that walking with God. After I got through that walk, I'd read a passage of scripture. At that particular time, I would read a chapter out of the book of Psalms, or I'd read a Psalm, Psalm 1 or Psalm 2 or Psalm 3. Uh, I also recommend reading through the book of John, reading a chapter of John a day. That's living in God's presence. That's meditating upon him, spending time with him in prayer, spending time in his word to draw out the message that he would have for you. Those are characteristics we should all have, and those are characteristics that Noah had. Noah was also obedient. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 22, the Bible tells us, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. From this point forward, everything Noah did, God commanded him. Noah did everything God told him to do. Noah was obedient to God. God told Noah to build an ark. Noah built an ark. God gave Noah the dimensions by which to build it. Noah built the ark by those dimensions and those specifications. God told Noah to take animals, uh, two of every species, male and female, onto the ark. God did that. Even mosquitoes. 
But God did. But Noah did that. God brought the animals to Noah. Noah got them on the ark. Everything that God told Noah to do, Noah did. And all the talk about living under grace, because here in the New Testament age we live under grace, and we talk about that quite a bit. I, we're under grace. God does not hold us to a legalistic law system. God has given His grace to us, so we are free from the law to live for the Lord freely. And to live by the spirit of the law, not by the letter of the law. But all too often, we get hung up on living by grace. We get caught up in living by grace that we forget that obedience to God is important. Obedience to God marks you as a friend of Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 14, Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Now, Jesus, when he said that, wasn't giving an ultimatum. He, say, he didn't say, you're only my friend if you obey me. What he is saying is that the mark of someone who is a friend is one who does what he says. One who obeys Jesus is a friend of Jesus. Obedience marks us as a friend of Christ. Obedience also opens God's blessings. Listen, if Noah hadn't been obedient to God, he would have had a very bad time during that flood. If Noah hadn't built the ark according to God's specifications, there could have been some, some catastrophes. If Noah hadn't brought two of each species on the ark, we'd be without a lot of animals today. Animals, by the way, which in Genesis chapter 9, he tells Noah, he says that he was giving them as meat to him uh, to eat. In other words, in Genesis chapter 9, God points out all those creatures that Noah had just saved on the ark and said, you see all those little animals you just saved? You can chicken fry those. Noah wouldn't have had that blessing. We wouldn't have the blessing of chicken fried steak today had Noah not been obedient to the Lord in building the ark. Obedience opens God's blessings, and obedience deters God's chastening. In Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible says, Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son he receiveth. The Bible tells us that the Lord has adopted us as his children. And for every child that he adopts, he disciplines, he corrects, he chastens, he punishes us for disobedience, and he punishes us for sin. Obedience deters that punishment. Do, do, obedience turns back God's chastening. He honors it and blesses it. He doesn't discipline it. And so it's important to be obedient to God. And Noah was obedient to God. And Noah's obedience saved himself and his family and opened up God's blessings to them. And that brings us to our final point. God saved Noah. In Genesis chapter 7 verse 1, the Bible tells us, The Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. God welcomed Noah into the ark. And that ark saved him from the flood. The ark saved Noah from the flood. The ark saved Noah from the wrath of God. The ark is a type of Christ. And I've heard preachers talk about how the ark shielded Noah from the wrath of God the same way Christ shields us from the, from the wrath of God. In the ark, there was a door that was built into the side three stories tall was it jesus as he hung on that cross 
had that spear shoved into his side. The ark is a type of Christ. It shields us from the wrath of God. And we enter the, the, we enter the presence of Christ. We become in Christ. We become his children, his followers, his saints. The same way Noah entered that ark. And that's by faith. God told Noah that he saw him as righteous. God saw Noah as righteous. Righteousness comes by faith, and therefore Noah was saved. The Bible tells us that God sees our faith and counts it to us as righteousness. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, the Bible says, God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark, and God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. God remembered Noah. This doesn't mean that God suddenly remembered he'd left Noah in the ark. What this means is God maintained a loving concern for Noah. The entire time that Noah was in that ark, floating around on those floodwaters, God maintained a loving concern for Noah and kept Noah at the top of his mind. God kept Noah on the top of his mind, and God kept his hand on Noah. And God delivered Noah from the flood and dried out the earth. The Bible teaches us that God remembers us too, that God maintains a loving concern for us, keeps us at the top of his mind, keeps his hand on us, and delivers us. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, verses 28, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, the Bible tells us that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. What that tells us is that God remembers us and has his hand on us and is working everything in our lives to bring us into his kingdom, to bring us into his blessing, to bring us into his heaven where he says, well done, good and faithful servant. And that means in this particular life, we may go through hard times as God forges us into the person he intended on us being. But at the end of all of it, we're going to find ourselves in a blessed place. Noah may not have felt very blessed being inside that ark as it was tossed around in the floodwaters with the lions and the tigers uh, going stir crazy inside the cages. And have you ever kept a zoo? And have you ever kept livestock? And you know all the different experiences that go along with that. Let me tell you, he was not staying at a Hampton Inn. This was, uh, this was quite a job that Noah had for 150 days while the floods prevailed upon the face of the earth. Couldn't have been the most fun experience in the world, but let me tell you, when Noah came off of that ark. God blessed him. Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And when you read the Bible saying that God blessed Noah, you kind of get this idea that God just kind of spread his hands out and dropped glitter over the situation. And, and God prospered Noah. But I looked up the definition of the word blessed. And it means to adore to love. In other words, not only did God keep Noah at the top of his mind and have his hand on Noah as he went through the trial of being in the ark through the flood as he was being saved from the wrath of God, but when the whole thing was over and Noah was released from the ark, God adored him. God loved on him. And quite literally, God gave him the world. God loves us too. He adores us too. And God is willing to give us the keys to his kingdom. Christ will rule. Christ will reign. 
will rule and reign with him and be glorified with him if we're willing to suffer with him. God loves us too. He'll bless us. And so we look at Noah and we look at the characteristics that Noah had that got God's attention, that drew God's grace. He was a just man. He was saved. He had repented of his sins and trusted the Lord for salvation. He was perfect. He was a real deal. He was a complete man of God. He was fair to those around him. And he was obedient to the Lord. If we want to draw God's blessings, we've got to have the same characteristics. Be a child of God. Know Jesus as your Savior. Be fair to others. Be the complete man, the real deal, a true man of God, and be obedient to the Lord. Thank you for listening today. May God bless you. May God keep you. As always, my daily prayer. Take care. You've been listening to The Point, the radio show that explores the Bible, studies its meaning, and affirms your faith with solid Bible teaching. The Point is a radio ministry of Grace Point Missionary Baptist Church, which meets for Sunday school at 10 a.m., morning worship at 11 a.m., at the Early Chamber of Commerce, 104 East Industrial Drive in Early, just off Highway 377, next to Pate's Hardware. Mail to P.O. Box 3134, Early, Texas, 76803. May God bless you and thank you for listening.